Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Well, hello. I'm so happy you're here. Today we are speaking to a beautiful human being, a good friend of mine, Megan Marshall, who we will be talking about her uh, own personal journey with the yoga practice, uh, but also another dramatic event that happened to her. Uh, Luckily, she has made a full, uh, fruitful, vital recovery, um, and it's an incredible story, a miraculous story, actually, and I cannot wait to share her story with you. We could have gone in so many directions with this conversation. There was so much uh, to talk about, but we focused on one particular incident and also um, how the yoga has uh, enriched her life uh, even before and after her uh, stroke. So stroke of luck, maybe. We also talk about she's a mother of four, also running her own yoga school, and uh, what that's like. How does she balance all of these uh responsibilities, the responsibility of being a mother as well as being an entrepreneur and business owner. And Megan also jumped into my beast school earlier this year and it really helped her to align her energy, her mind, her spirit with uh, embracing, stepping into her full leadership as a not just a yoga teacher, but as an entrepreneur, as someone who is building a business, a spiritual business that is centered around yoga. And B-School will be opening up this week on Tuesday. So stay tuned. If you'd love to jump into B-School with me, I would love to have you join my mastermind group. I'll be offering it all through August. Get into the master classes also happening this week and join B-School. Join B-School through me and come into my mastermind, get all my great bonuses. I cannot wait to have you there and to work with you uh, both in a group setting and individually on building a business that you love, a business that nourishes your body, your mind, your spirit, your energy, and also feeds your family. So that's the beautiful promise of B-School and it's worked for so many humans, so many beautiful, wonderful yoga teachers that have come into B-School through me and joined my mastermind program. Um, I love sharing their stories here and also um, connecting with them in our mastermind group. So I hope that you will join and join me this summer and do a little business development So enriching your life and the business that you are designing so it becomes something that you love, that you love doing, and that is growing. Um, So uh, without further ado, here's Megan. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Harmony, and I'm here with Russell Case. Hello, Russell. Do you have an intro for this guest today? Do you have any way? I, I have something. Do you have anything that you want to say? I have say? something, yes. So we really should say something. Our beautiful guest today, <laughs> the lovely Miss Ms. Ms. Megan Marshall, Ms. who is Madame. the benevolent Ashtanga overlord. Oh, that's of... a bit much. <laughs> 
per Mysore program. You can't even say ballet master anymore, and you're going to say that? Well, that's that's her preferred title, so oh we're just going to go with it. <laughs> I mean, it's what they call me. And mother of four, fellow Canadian. No, 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 no. She's Brazilian. She's Brazilian. At heart, says right here. At heart, she's Canadian though. No, it says Brazilian. No, it says right here. (laughs) I think that she grew up in Brazil. I think you need your bifocals. She lived in Canada. She was born in Canada, in Edmonton, actually, only three hours from here. You were born in Edmonton. We're in Calgary. Yeah. You're Brazilian Canadian. No, she's not. She's fully Canadian. Fully Canadian. She doesn't look fully Canadian. <laughs> I'm now living in. I'm converting to America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In America. In Pennsylvania, right? No, I'm in New Jersey. Oh, in New Jersey. Oh. When, I, when, I, when I want a beverage, I order water now instead of water. 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 From my lost, of, glass lost daughter. <laughs> my daughter's my lost in the woods. <laughs> Who murdered my daughter? <laughs> murdered my daughter. <laughs> so let's get into it. We are in it. We're in the thick of it now. Um, very dry Canadian senses of humor clearly on display. Do you do you think anyone's still listening? I don't know. Maybe not. We get about 500 uh, <laughs> listeners per view. Do you, would you say the last time we saw you was in 2018 and shortly afterward, you nearly died of a stroke right after seeing us? I, I wouldn't say it was never near death. <laughs> I think a I was stroke just, I was by near... definition is nearish to death. I don't think so. I think it means that you're near suboptimal brain function but it doesn't mean that you're gonna die i think starving half your brain of blood is probably near i think you could survive a long time with half a brain i think a lot of people do a lot of people do (laughs) evidently (laughs) maybe 50 percent of the population probably a certain percentage of the population is doing fine i mean i can't even be sure that a hundred percent of it was ever working in the first place No, but look, tell us what happened. This is so crazy, Megan. Oh, my it God. It was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, I was actually practicing at the studio in Mountain View. Yeah. And you, you've been practicing already oh. for a long time. Oh, f- so snap. You're the second person I yeah. know who's had a stroke doing Ashtanga yoga. Yeah. I know who the other person is. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it, you let's do. Let's say it on three. One, One two, two, three. Spiros! Spiros! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's really wow. interesting, though. He actually, he actually reached out to me afterwards. Yeah. We, we talked who, about it. Who yeah. there listening will be the third. <laughs> bad, right. bad things happen in threes. <laughs> oh, my God. You've cursed somebody. Wow. It's on you now. You are responsible. Yeah, but we're going to, someone's going to happen. And it's like, well, <gasps> I mean, statistically, it's probably going to happen to someone somewhere at some time. So, so. when Spiro, when you <laughs> answered the phone, you said, who's this Arizona number? And it was Spiro. What What did he say? I, it was actually, it was actually Erica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Erica she had, she had heard. She had heard from yeah, someone. Yeah. yeah. So or it said Erica on the phone. And she had she heard. Got on oh, with, yeah. you know how she probably. I don't know how she heard. We should ask. She's her. like she has I lots text of her right in the now. area because she's yeah. From yeah. The text area. Erica right now. <laughs> yeah, text Erica right now. Erica, how did you find out? Um, 
Yeah, I, I think she's just connected with the people in the area. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, uh, and you were rushed to the hospital. Well, first tell us what happened. Yeah, yeah, tell what us the story. Were you in? Okay, so what went on? I feel, I always feel like I don't want to say what posture I'm in. <laughs> I don't want people to be scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know into that posture. Really we don't know. have to do these postures. Go ahead and tell us. I also, I don't want anybody to like think that Ashtanga did that to me because it didn't. <laughs> Possibly. It Go was ahead. um it was sort of an inevitability, I think. It was Were bad you timing. Uh, I know who was though. <laughs> Didn't get that far. I was in Tidibasana A and at the time binding, binding um, for me one was second very one second. strenuous. Madam, I'm okay. so sorry. Yeah. T Basana. Titi Basana. Oh, I see. Titi, oh, titi Basana titi. is not I correct. I feel Titi <laughs> Basana. But I feel like Titi Basana is kind of, um, <laughs> I can sell it. I can sell it. Yeah. More when I, I, I think so. And it, it kind of know, does we all know what sells. The posture as well. If you have right, breasts, that's what's happening. It which kind I of really is but... exactly what the You know how hard it is for me to, to is think doing. when you have your shirt off. Like I can I can't even see straight. There's a, it's, it should be called mm. like cleavage creating posture. It is that. I maybe that you know, I could use a little of that. I should spend more time in it. Um, okay, so you were going into A B, you're transitioning. Uh, a into, I was going yeah. into A. I was in A. I was in A and I bound. And at the time, my bind was like... So you were going into B, I actually. created a lot of... Let me just say I created yeah. like a Valsalva situation inside yeah. my body. There was a yeah. lot of pressure as I was trying to like join my hands. Oh, yeah. That sounds just like Myrosana. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that there was some amazing timing that a blood clot from somewhere in my body had dislodged mm-hmm. itself yep. and entered my heart at that exact moment. Yeah. So anytime it, when you're rounding your spine and putting pressure on your midsection, you could get a stroke. That's what well, it sounds like. Well, you need a special congenital defect in your heart in well, order yeah. to have that stroke, mm. which was a hole. I had a hole yeah. called a, I don't remember the full uh, Latin name, but it's a PFO. Okay. It's a hole we all have in our hearts in utero, but the minute we yeah. take our first breath, it closes. But apparently, right. in a quarter of the population, it does not close. And <laughs> walk around their whole lives with uh, it doesn't show up as like a heart murmur or anything. Nope. Oh, so you just don't know. One you just don't know you, until this happens. This could be you. Could be the third. <laughs> the third. Oh my gosh. Okay. Lesson in fractions. Anyway, (laughs) so then I I felt lightheaded coming out, but that wasn't alarming. Mm -hmm. And uh, you did the whole thing. You did the B, like the walking part, C, and then you came out. Came out of D, and I was setting up the picture. Uh huh. And then I couldn't see my right arm. Oh my God. You couldn't see your arm. I could not see it. And so I kept turning my head to the right, trying to find my arm. And then just my whole right field of vision yeah. kept it was just not there. Right. So it didn't matter how far I turned my head. The right never came into view. Right. Is it like um, closing your eyes or is it different? It's like, it's like closing your, it's like closing your right eye. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. 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 But it was in both eyes. 
So it was both in both eyes, eyes on the right could side. Could not see <sighs> to the right. Yeah. What? Yeah, amazing. Yeah. That's that crazy. That doesn't work. Anyway, so I wasn't alarmed, but I was confused. I was like, what's happening right now? And I thought, I must just be really, like, have low blood pressure or something. And uh, my friend Philippe was practicing on the mat beside me, and he turned and said something to me. I think he saw me. I don't even know. I should ask him what he said. I don't know what he said to me, but I just yeah. kind of looked at him confused. And then I just got up and I wandered out into the lobby and I sat down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just Philippe thought, oh, this will clear. Yeah. yeah, you guys know My Philippe. friend yeah. Philippe. Your friend. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. friend. Everybody. Yeah. Everyone's friend. <laughs> All paths lead to Philippe. Yes. <laughs> okay, so now you're sitting in the lobby. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the lobby. A little bit confused, still not seeing out of the right. At the, Still not anything seeing the- in the right field of vision. Yeah. And Beata came to just see what was up because mm-hmm. it was unusual for me to just walk up and out. Beata, right. my Polish friend. Yes. <sighs> Everyone's your friend. We know. We, we all know each well, other. You like to I press home like- the point that you are better friends with my friends than I am friends with. <laughs> do, I, do I press home that you point? You do press that point. Yeah. How many times have I done that? 300 times? No. <laughs> with the 300 friends I have? I think everyone can count zero times so far on this podcast. Today's podcast <laughs> makes one already. But go ahead. But I feel like this podcast needs more name dropping. Right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so Beata comes out. Beata comes out and sits yeah. on my right where I can't see her. But oh my I know God. she's there because I can feel her leg against my leg. Right. And Did you see uh, her coming? I saw her come across the front of me. but then And then she just like disappeared. Disappeared. But I knew she was there. Um, a few other people came out too. There was a little crowd forming. I I don't really know what happened. I was kind of just like very internal at that point, just kind of like grasping for like an explanation, I guess. And I confused. Honest obviously. to God, I don't even think I knew what a stroke was until I had one. Right. And, um, yeah. yeah. So then I went to tell her what was going on and uh, I couldn't say any words at all. Wow. Yeah. wow. And I apparently just kept saying over and over again, I'm okay. And I remember tr- just trying to say other things, but I couldn't. And so I had fully coherent thoughts, but they couldn't yeah. make, their, make way. their way out my mouth. Sounds like the first time I got high. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking of when I had yeah. the psychotic episode. Yeah. Right, right, right. I couldn't right. speak. I couldn't really. actually say or form words. Me neither. That I really Maybe wanted we were to say. Maybe a stroke. Maybe. I doubt it. But I was. <laughs> like a drug induced. Yeah. I was. I was Simulation. Having, Simulation. I was having a schizophrenic yeah. episode. But it was very right. different. But I couldn't speak to ask for help. I could just like. Like wide-eyed, like yes. And now uh, that you're describing it that way, I can say I've also had that experience where it's like, <laughs> even even think I've said things and then I actually haven't. It was all yeah. in my head, you know. Yeah. Anyway, it was. Um, I wasn't scared or um, alarmed. I was just very, very confused and like looking back in a bit of a fog. Right. Mm. Anyway. Philippe came around and he was like, something's up. And he called his father-in-law, who's a doctor, and uh-huh. then asked his father-in-law a bunch of questions. And they ascertained that I should be taken to the hospital immediately, which was a great thing. And yeah. El Camino happened to be like less than four miles away. And they had, they're like a stroke center. Oh, amazing. So they had a CT scan right on the floor, like basically at the door. Were you driven threw- or did they call the ambulance? 
we drove my car. I remember it was a. They made you drive? No. no who would God. do that? Sleep. <laughs> Bianca. You oh, just my throw God. the keys at me. Here, if you could just be. It's not our car. We're not insured. So I think, you. I think Philippe had ridden his bike or something. So right. he's like, we'll take that your makes car. Sense. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. this part. I got to the car and I knew I had to get in and I could see the door handle of the car, but I couldn't open it. Like, I just couldn't even figure out how to arrange my hand to yeah. like manipulate the handle. And I remember thinking, this is nuts. I actually can't get into the car. Wow. And you're you're right-handed, right? I'm right-handed. And you would have used your right hand. I would and have, and have I made, just that wouldn't have made any sense. I just yeah. couldn't. I was like, I and I knew. I just looked at him, and then he was like, "You can't open the door." And I was like, I just shook my head. He came around. He opened the door. He went in, <laughs> and then he wanted my keys. And then I looked into my purse, and there were three items in my purse: my wallet, my phone, and my keys. And I knew they were three distinct objects, but I couldn't assign significance to right. them. So I couldn't select my keys. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so bitchin'. Right? Yeah. That's crazy. That's so amazing. Our brains yeah. are incredible things. They're incredible. They? I also the one wow. of the one other time that I was doing LSD, I remember <laughs> I remember sitting in front of my stereo trying to assign significance to the different tabs, and I knew that one of them would play Lou Reed for me, but I didn't know which one. I was like, I don't know which one of these buttons <laughs> is going to work so that I could play the Lou Reed that I want to play. And so you were stuck in this weird Just purgatory. There, like blindly hitting like, tabs. And I was like, which one of these? And then suddenly it was on. I was like, oh my God, it happened. <laughs> wow. The like, blockage cleared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like there's a, the there's a helped point. You out. <laughs> There's a point, they call it a psychomimetic, you know, LSD. And, the, and there's a point where you really lose speech and you lose the ability to form speech and, you, and to understand speech. And that's kind of an enjoyable period in the trip. And it's just yeah. amazing to me that it resembles what you're describing. That's like the brain, the, the language center is somehow yeah. altered. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. Maybe it just stops receiving circulation. I mean, similar to like having a stroke, oh, right? Sure. Yeah. De deactivated. Yeah, deactivated, I mean, what's yeah. gone what's offline? Kind of interesting yeah. um, in this study where they're doing brain scans for uh, slow breathing versus holotropic breathing, which is more like hyperventilating. What happens is in slow breathing, the connectivity of your brain increases. So, like, there's more electrical connectivity happening, more circuits are being connected in mm. the brain. And with the hyperventilating or the holotropic breathing, uh, it deactivates. Right. So it's like stopping the electrical activation of the brain. And so it's really interesting because you often have like it's it was holotropic breathing was first sort of um, created by uh, these two um, psychologists who were doing some. Uh, experimentation with LSD, and when the LSD experimentation got the Marin guys, yeah, Stan, Stan Getz, Groff, Groff, and his wife, Stan, Stan Getz, Stan is Getz is jazz. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he did that too. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they they came. They were experimenting with 
breathwork exercises and came up, developed this holotropic breathing kind of system or exercise that could mimic the effects of LSD on the brain. That's that's super interesting because um, they they did another study that I've mm-hmm. that, Christina Groff. It's Christina Groff. Yeah, they did another study that that demonstrated um, how children's brains are different from adult brains up until about age seven, mm-hmm. and an, a, a child uses all of their brain to understand a thing. Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll associate things that we don't associate. You know, like um, you know jokers i mean clowns in a in a um in a drain pipe and you know making all kinds of weird associations with things that we don't do but when we're on lsd Mm. we the brain stops being because after the forgive me but after the age seven we start to specialize parts of our brain for different activities and we become less doesn't piaget call that the age of reason Right. Seven. Yeah. So that's when you start compartmentalizing. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And, but when you're on LSD, the brain goes back to globalization. Mm. And it sounds like what they discovered is that this holotropic breathing does, does something that. similar. Yeah. That's so interesting. Oh. Um, I recently. That's what happened to you looking in your purse. I was like, this doesn't make any these things. Yeah. There was no way to compartment. No way to. Yeah. I, I could. The only way I can describe it is I could, I knew that I was seeing three distinct things, but I couldn't distinguish my keys from my wallet from my phone. Yeah. Even right. though visually they all looked different and I yeah. could recognize that they were different, but I couldn't overlay a use for each one. Right. So I just yeah. handed my open purse to Philippe and I was just like pointing, like pick the keys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Take drove what me you to want. the hospital. I like just dropped I apparently could say I'm okay and the F word. So I just like F, 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 F all the way, all the way to the hospital. It's all I said over and over again, over again. That's awesome. It's just dawning on me. I was like, whatever is happening is not good. (laughs) Right. Yeah, totally. It's really not good. I think think I might be in trouble. You're no longer on your yoga mat. Clearly something's gone wrong. And I mean, you're a a mother of four. Yeah. And and a wife. My youngest was not even two at the time. Yeah, at the time you had, you were at two children. I had four. four. At the time you had yeah. four. At the time oh, I'm I had sorry. Three. I thought you had some COVID babies. No, I was her confused. Youngest oh was no. Two. <laughs> two years no. old. I was homeschooling four children during COVID. Right. Uh, <laughs> I wished plus, I'd only had plus two. That's the F word coming out. <laughs> wow. Yes. You're like, what? Oh, yeah, that was so because <laughs> I thought you said to us, I, I missed it. I must, I must have put something together that was. I feel like good. I need to give you like a, like a graphical timeline. Oh, like that'd for be all great these if we could do this conversation about your life in a more linear way. But we ha- we're yeah. into this right now. We need to go into it. I want to get back to the hospital. If I could just clarify one thing, I thought you said you had, you were bored and had a bunch of kids, and I thought that was during COVID. No, no, this is prior. This was when we moved from Montreal to Silicon Valley. And then you were bored and had a yes, bunch of kids. Yes, okay. and isolated. And... I, 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 I assumed that was COVID times. I see. Oh, Got I it. see. I see yeah, the yeah. confusion. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. your your brain had decompartmentalized. Yeah, yeah you're totally. <laughs> Making connections that weren't there. That's, that's why I'm it on the podcast. Yeah. But that's why she has me here, is to do that. Right. <laughs> to get us off track perpetually. 
Right. So that we're 10 minutes into the podcast and we still haven't talked about <laughs> yoga or what I do. No, but this yeah. has all been all about yoga. And what you do. <laughs> so you're in the That's hospital true. now and they- <laughs> They're doing they, CT scans. Are they they're... like cutting into you right away? Uh, no. Out? No, not that happened later uh, <gasps> when we had to fix my heart, which was wow. like several months later. Which apparently was optional, but I was like, I don't want to walk around like a tipping, ticking time bomb. So anyway, uh, I digress. Where were we? Oh, back at the hospital. Oh, yeah. So anyway, we do the CT scan. Philippe calls my husband. He like leaves the kids with like people on our street. <gasps> yeah. And he comes in and I'm at this point like in a gown, all wired up. Um, I don't know whether or not they'd administered the TPA yet. Probably that's the TPA. Um, I can't remember what it stands for anymore, but it was uh, a blood thinner and it busts mm. up any clots, but it's oh, like right. medical grade. Like it's like, yes. yeah, thins everything out. I had to lay yeah. flat for like, I don't know, two days or something afterwards wow. because you could like sneeze and bleed out. Wow. 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 Yeah. So yeah, they yeah. recognized right away, like, oh, she's having a stroke. There's some kind of blood clot to her brain. Yeah. It was uh, on the CT scan. You could see right away that I think it was the left side of my brain. Yeah. That's yeah, why that I lost sense. all the right all stuff the right. on the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Was also you know, your language centers on the left side. That's right. Okay. So not able to speak or identify Whoa. objects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd started like as things were. I guess I shouldn't say progressing, digressing, regressing. As things were regressing, yeah. I was starting to lose feeling and function in my right arm and leg. Right. Uh, wow. But that didn't get too far along before. Yeah. Which, luckily, uh, you got to the hospital things too, around. right? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. This is my PSA. If you think you're having a stroke, time is of the essence. It and is. Yeah. I remember Philippe doubted himself afterwards. He didn't know if driving me to the hospital had been the correct decision yeah he's like should i have called 911 and waited for the paramedics but they probably he would have got there faster than the paramedics coming yeah and they said that was the priority the priority is to get there with speed they would have had to try to get into the parking lot where the studio is they would have had to load me in a bed get me to the hospital like it was much faster the way we did it so yeah uh, okay yeah that's every second every second second matters for that for sure yeah and i think for the tpa to be the most effective your i think it's called the time of when you were last seen normal yeah has to be minimal for it to, to work its best Wow. I think there's less than a four-hour window for them to give that drug. Yeah. Which is why they said I was really lucky that I was awake and in a room full of people and not asleep in bed, which can often happen. Right. And it's very hard to rehabilitate because um, a lot of damage has been done. Yeah. Or practicing alone at home, like Spiros, who... Who slept for two days. I know. (laughs) Basically passed out. I know. He was asleep two days. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. I get how you would just kind of want to like lie down and just yeah. let it pass. Yeah. You're, yeah. Jeez. And then he did, I hope I'm like allowed to, he did like speech therapy for like a year afterwards oh, yeah. to relearn yeah. how to, he to had speak, a lot of, right? He yeah, spoke he about it on of... our podcast. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There's a lot I, of. I thought it was known. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't I think, think I'm yeah. revealing I think confidential. I think we're no. talking out of turn. Um but it's wonderful that he reached out to you to talk to talk with you about the experience. I was That's really amazing. touched. I was yeah. really, really touched because we didn't yeah. know each other and it was just a nice moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you you got the drugs, you're lying flat. And My husband shows up. Yeah. And at this point, <laughs> I you don't know why. Him. Well, I recognized him and he just like sat down and put his like – you know, his face and his hand and just like, you know, he was just like, oh my God. <laughs> and I think in that moment we were both like, what does this mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, you don't does, know he, right? does he now have a disabled wife that he has right. to care for and four children? Like, yeah, right. You know, we were, I think it was definitely a, a moment where we were both kind of like, what, what now? Yeah. yeah. And then I remember I wanted to ask him about like, where are the girls who has the girls? And all I could say was cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I would. I'm looking at him and I'm going, cats, cats. And he goes, the girls are fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Because they're just like kittens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't cry, sweetie. Don't start crying. You just put them in a box. Put the kittens in a box. The kittens will be fine. If they're in a box, they're fine. But it's when the kittens are out in the wild, that's when you don't know. Yeah, Aww. so I needed to know that the cats were in a box. That's and they were. beautiful. They were in a box. <laughs> the girls are fine. The girls are fine. Can I ask you, like, just to go backwards in linear progression, regression, uh, you were in Montreal, and then I, I imagine your husband is a software developer and got a job in Silicon Valley. Correct. Is that what happened? Yeah. That's exactly what happened. You have, yeah. your, your deductive, your powers of deduction are strong. Yeah. Is he French? His mother is French-Canadian. Yeah. And uh, he likes to claim that he can speak French. But one time, one time, oh my gosh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. Sorry, babe. <laughs> we went to a Tim Hortons drive-thru and he ordered Le Tuna Sandwich. Oh no. So I really feel like that was like representative of how good his French is. <laughs> Uh, pardon, uh, madame, je voudrais uh, le je tuna voudrais, sandwich. Je voudrais uh, le tuna sandwich. <laughs> tuna sandwich. Yeah. Okay. Eight er, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Café. That's, that's about my uh, Café, level of en français. Merci beaucoup. Merci, yeah. merci, merci. merci. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. So he must have really had a lot of culture shock in Silicon Valley being French. He must have really struggled to get on. Yeah, it was hard to be there. understood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. But, you know, wow. had to do a lot of drawing and gesturing. Do you, but you don't identify as Montreal, French, Quebecois, nothing like that for you. I, I am like a wannabe. I tell people, I tell Americans that I'm a Montrealer, but a Montrealer oh, would know that I'm not a Montrealer. Yeah, Even no, I know you're, you're not a Montrealer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Canadians know. Yahoo. Canadians are like, I would never tell a Canadian I'm a Montrealer because no. they would know, obviously. You'd be like, uh, what? Yeah, no. Are you? But I tried. I For 14 years, I lived in Montreal and I tried. I tried to speak the best French and like have all the slang and um, that's pretty yeah, good and you know what honestly so did my husband he had a French Canadian mother he would remind people of that all the time so much so that like our French Canadian friends as a joke called him Kebs, Kebs. In Quebec like hey Kebs, ah, and he, Kebs. Just, <laughs> he wanted and he is he's a Montrealer he is an actual Anglo Montrealer yeah. yeah, Anglo. Yeah. I'm just, I'm yeah, just, a, yeah. I'm just a wannabe Montrealer. Do Do you feel 
politically speaking that you should um succeed from the federation of canada does that federation something that of canada. like for you personally are you on that side of like quebec out like uh, texas actually the first the very very first time i went to montreal was in 10th grade to be part of the you know the referendum, referendum protests oh yeah 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 and oh, i was on protested the, the referendum I, I went with my 10th grade history class my teacher <laughs> organized a bus my Amazing. French teacher. No, he was my history teacher. Not, yeah, he, he called ethically, the bus. Ethically, I don't think that's right. Well, things that. were different in the mid-90s. Mm. We all got on a bus. My 10th grade hot. class. Yeah, Quebec out was a hot thing in the 90s. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so we went and we made no posters. We had to be on the, the no side, which was the no. like stay, stay. Yeah, stay. yeah, yeah, yeah. no was stay. No was stay. Well, yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I don't um, think that's allowed to take your classroom <laughs> To a protest and choose a side. You have but to be there. But it's not like super neutral. badass. Yeah, that's good. I kind of like love it. it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I want to get to the to the end of this story about the stroke. No, that's over. We've, no, we're moved on. We're back to Montreal now. We're in regress. No, well, we're no, now because the reason you asked me about this, or the reason we got to talking about the stroke, was your questionnaire. Yeah which asked me to talk about a time that broke me and resulted in a perspective shift. Yeah. Have you had a perspective shift? Yeah. Well, the stroke resulted in a yeah. perspective shift. Oh. Yeah. So you'd been like practicing for several years in the Ashtanga community, mm-hmm. practicing at Ashtanga Yoga Montreal. More than years. Like we were going on to my second decade of practice. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. long time. So, like a long time. You were assigned to drive us as VIP Ashtangis yeah. around San Jose. And you'd been teaching. That's how much Ashtanga clearly, meant to you. I clearly had status. Yeah. You did. In the Ashtanga yeah. world. Oh. If I was your yeah. Uber driver. That's right. For a day. You know, Megan's, Megan's important enough to drive Russell and Harmony <laughs> but you you've been I mean and you're teaching and like like in in the whole thing and prior to this happening I think in 2017 and 18 and and also in early 19 there was a lot of you know stuff about Patabi Joyce coming out and the whole you know, adjustments and the touching and the, you know, sexual misconduct. We were talking about that earlier in this podcast. No. Yeah. (laughs) And so prior to my stroke had been that whole storm. Yeah. And especially in the area you were in, in Silicon Valley, I felt like it was, I mean, I traveled a lot during this time. It was was very hot. People were leaving the community. We had discussions with Philippe about this, actually. People were very upset. 2018. He sat down. People were leaving Shala's, like, relationships were shattered. Shala's fell apart. It was catastrophic. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, stuff was going down on, um, IG between Ashtanga Everybody. teachers. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I wasn't actually even on IG at the time, so I just heard this secondhand. Um, yeah, it was but very intense. Left IG and... because of it. <laughs> right. Mm, yeah. It was people were like ordering disruptive. other people to make statements, and mm-hmm. statements were being put up on websites, and code yeah. of conducts being put up in shalas, and photos coming down, and photos going up, new photos going <laughs> up, and. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was a big kind of 
<laughs> shift. This a rupture. Let's call it a, a rupture. rupture. Yeah, there that's was name. that's nice. There was a stroke in the Ashtanga Yoga community. Oh. Ashtanga Yoga community had a stroke. Yeah, and I subsequently out. followed with a manifestation of that. Right? I think so. I yeah. I don't think they're completely disconnected. Yeah. I could it's see interesting, it. right? Energetically yeah. how things are affecting us. It's it's fascinating to notice those connections. I mean, the microcosm and the macrocosm are always mirroring each other. So Right. I know some and... of the scientists at home are cringing, but like just bear with us. We're having a conversation. <laughs> We're allowed yeah, to get a little woo-woo in yeah. on a yoga podcast. Totally. 100%. <laughs> we can connect data points that are not yeah. at all connected. These <laughs> <laughs> oh, are the freedoms we're allowed to, to have. See, that's what I said that's earlier. Interesting. Oh, no. How these things affect, affect people. I mean, you know. Yeah. So that was sort of the backdrop to me having a stroke. And then I'm there. <laughs> stroked out like talking cats to my husband yeah and um i just was like you know i i just kind of released my grip on the mysore scene Mm -hmm. i didn't didn't want to stop doing ashtanga i love ashtanga i love the method and what it does for me personally i find it um you know, it's a practice that pushes my boundaries and demands risks and humbles me and makes me a better caregiver. So mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to stop practicing, but I was quite sure that I wasn't going to be making trips to Mysore to, uh, you know, be granted the authority to continue doing what I was doing mm-hmm. because there's not necessarily as much time as you think right and that's how i felt in that moment i was just like oh my god what have i what am i waiting on i don't have time to wait like yeah this i the next stroke could be tomorrow and i was just holding myself back from teaching because i needed somebody to tell me i could who doesn't know me very well and yeah or at all (laughs) <laughs> at all <laughs> yeah still today i mean yeah i mean honestly like even if you go and and cultivate a relationship i i don't know that there's that depth of relationship being cultivated at how, any level how could there like be anyone. how could there be it's impossible because yeah. mm-hmm. one person is assigned that job and there are thousands of people lying exactly up. yeah mm-hmm. so i just made the choice to um be unauthorized and to be a teacher at yeah. that time yeah. and to be okay with it. And before I'd yeah. always kind of just called myself an assistant and not right. uh, felt uh, that I had the credentials to be a quote unquote teacher. Right. This, it's interesting. That's a, a kind of a, a question I brought up to Dina Kingsburg once. Um, it was about uh, legitimacy. And you know what does legit legitimacy mean, and who grants it, who gets it, who takes it, and you know why one person over another person. And she saw what I was doing, and she saw my earnest interest in really what's a a discussion on power. 
and said, the only thing that's important is your relationship to your teacher and what you what you've learned and then how you then treat your students. And everything else is, you know, property, just nothing to be concerned about. But who is your teacher? Oh, I don't think I really have one anymore. <laughs> <sighs> but I think so I mean, all you so all you're left with is prakriti. <laughs> yeah, I'm I just, you know, the people that are in front of me I try and treat well and I try and um treat with love and, and respect. And I feel like even um I feel like the if I'm being honest, I feel like the way that Guy taught me to teach was really good. And um and Is I this tried Guy uh, Don- Guy Donahue, Donahue in New York. Donahue, yeah. Guy I, Donahue met, I met York. him in San Francisco. Yeah. And I, I feel like his, the way that he uses hands is like the way that I like to do it. Um, but I, you know, I'm not a professional yoga teacher anymore. I'm, you know, if you, the only time I teach is when Harmony asks me to assist her. So I'm not. You're, really, a, po- you're a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I actually only do the podcast when Harmony asks me to assist her. <laughs> and I'm really only here for color. So there's like, really like, that's the, you know. I mean, this is an interesting, this this is an interesting thing, though. I mean, I think we all, to enter a field, you need teachers, you need mentors, because we have to learn something, right? We have to learn how to do the thing that we want to do, whether it's, you know, yoga or Tai Chi or coaching or painting or, you know, music, whatever it is to become proficient at something, you have to learn a method, you have to learn a structure, you have to learn how to do the thing. Yes. And then you have to practice a lot. And so at some point, I mean, and those two things are often interwoven, the teaching and the practicing, the teaching and the practicing, because at each level that you're practicing, you might need new teaching right? Because you might then be progressing or you might need the feedback. You might need to kind of up your skills or up your understanding in some way. Or you might have, I don't want to say, you, I don't want to say that you've upskilled your teacher, but, but yeah, people have maybe you've received sure. all, all the teachings that they have to offer to you in that moment. Yeah, and then you go to another teacher and you receive some other guidance and mm-hmm. and and things. But also, I think what where the the thing that doesn't change is the practicing. Because you have to keep practicing to be immersed in that skill or in that thing that you're doing that you're That's learning. Right. It's the and thread so, of continuity. Yeah, through all way, the teachers. Yeah, the practice, and this is where people say the practice itself is the teacher in that, yes, I think sticking with the practice and doing the practice and diving into the practice. And again, whether this is music or art or dance or yoga or swimming or, you know, whatever the skill is, you have to do the practice. You have to practice it in order to get better at it, in order for it to become a part of you. And then it starts to happen naturally. And then you also need some feedback. And that could be from teachers. It could be from mentors. It could be from students. Mm -hmm. It could be from um, injury critics. It could be from injury, (laughs) right? It It could be from all kinds of things, right? That then you're learning from. 
and you're growing from. And so in, in that way, at some point, everything, I think, becomes your teacher and everyone becomes your teacher. Even your students become your teachers because they're going to also give you some feedback. Feedback, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and treating that as a relationship and not as a hierarchy yeah. is transformative. And it's like the first order of business. It is the yamas. That yeah. is how we operate in a social world. It is totally. the first step. Of the eight, it's where we're supposed to start. Yeah. So it's weird yeah. when we end there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, so that this is kind of a um, probably the most controversial thing that we could say on this particular show. Except is, the part that Harmony is going to edit out. <laughs> right. No, that's, I think we're fine with that. That was, that was funny. Um, and if you're listening, you'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, it was not even, that was not even rude. That was just funny. Um, the uh, is in coming up in this practice, we so often heard, you know, don't don't resist and just accept the the adjustment. Yeah, and that's we not good. <laughs> we did that, and it didn't um, work out well. <laughs> Well, for Harmony and I, we would beg to differ. We thought it worked really well for us. Okay. And, um, but we also heard like, like some people, some of our senior teachers were actively resisting every adjustment. It's like, oh, you could do that. You can just <laughs> actively resist an adjustment and control how much you were adjusted. And, and the certified teacher said, yeah. It was like, oh, fuck. I didn't know you could do that. Um, but, but that's weird. <laughs> It, you know, it's, it's like your own advocacy was not available to you. Mm. What's up yeah. with that? Yeah. Yeah. There was a hierarchy and we, and so we, we, we engaged in that relationship and yet we're sitting here today saying, um, actually, I don't think we would ever do that now with our own student base, but we still looking back on that time wouldn't have changed it. I mean, there's lessons to be learned from every situation. <laughs> and there's, yeah. There's... And I think, you know, that's what this rupture was about. Yes. Yeah. It was yeah. about throwing those chips in the air yeah. and everybody getting an opportunity to critically examine, um, examine our traditions and the lineage and maybe ask some questions and. Uh, propose a shift. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Because I wouldn't participate in it now. You wouldn't participate in it now. It's no. crazy. None yeah. of us would now. Yeah. Yeah. At the I time, mean, we were all. Maybe some people would. Kind of <laughs> going along. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, it's and also, I would also, I mean, yeah. like because I would also go back, and if I was twenty-seven, again, I would. Yeah, as I said before, I would absolutely go you back. You probably wouldn't change anything because, I, I mean, you can't, you wouldn't change it because it is what it is and it, you wouldn't be who you are today with without those same experiences. But also I think this is like a zeitgeist of the time yeah, yeah. as but well. If it, but in 2023, if I was 27 and 
No, you don't know that. If you were 27 now, today, you'd be a different person completely yeah. because you would have been raised in a completely different culture, completely yeah. different environment with different well, it's like beliefs when you go, you and go ideas. Back and you watch things. You watch old episodes of Friends. <laughs> yeah. it's like, or oh, you know, you want to really oh. go back and watch the first Star Trek, the original. Oh, yeah. Do that. Oh, I that is that. weird. That is bananas. Crazy. And yeah. right at the time, fun. and yet at the oh time we all signed on, and we thought it yeah. was great. And it, but it was at so the time so progressive, <laughs> right? And then like some people are really like being sexually harassed in the workplace, <laughs> and that seems okay. Um, it's like yeah, it's the good old days. <laughs> I don't think Captain Kirk should be talking to her. That's I don't think we should beat women. I don't think I don't we know. should just... <laughs> yeah, seems well, a little... it, seems, it seems a bit much in public was, like that. He, right? Bones <laughs> was her phys- physician at the time. It's like, it's very, it's, I mean, that's the thing, right? So times culture are, changes, times, times change, and... Not in a linear, progressively way. And we're all growing and learning as a culture too, right? As as a as a collective, we're much and more. And you kind of you kind of need things to culminate in a disaster sometimes before yeah. uh, the redesign can happen. Yeah. And, yeah. But anyway, are we all moving towards Kaivalya? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I think. Uh, Yes, yes, it might take a few more lifetimes, but Russ, it, I can tell you want to correct my pronunciation. It's all happening. <laughs> Harmony hates it when Kaibalia. I do tell that. Me. No, do I it. wasn't. No, my question tell me is how this: is I want to bring it back to LSD <laughs> and this notion that's, about that's the that's the binding theme in this whole. T- you know, I think, <laughs> yeah, you just gotta keep touching back on LSD. Yeah, how many? How many? Um, the um, this notion about one percent theory, I think, is super interesting, um, and it reminds me of something that we would often say to each other back in the day, twenty years ago, sitting around uh, Goku chats. We would say to each other, "It's like, yeah, LSD is good. You know, it breaks the door down." I'm I'm doing a person's impersonation, and people would recognize it. Um. Um. <laughs> It knocks the door down and then you understand what you're supposed to be feeling. And then you would go and do Ashtanga yoga knowing that's what you were looking for. And in our, from our perspective, that's why only 1% theory was needed because it was experiential Mm. and you had cognitive, not cognitive. And if you could get the experiential, and understand what you were feeling, understand what you were looking for, understanding what window you should be opened or what door should be opened, what door of perception should be opened. Then when you would go to read Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, this this kind of postmodern understanding of reconstructing your personality and reconstructing your culture would make sense. And so I'm just, just to quote what you said here, um, through the courses that you did with Dr. Shyam, who was awesome and we've had him on the show uh i've learned megan that practicing yoga entails critical inquiry and that it grants you the freedom to choose your own values and priorities but also it's been 20 years later of ashtanga yoga practice i wonder if you could if you could respond to that yeah i guess what i want to say is 
if you haven't studied the philosophy, how can all this asana work propel you towards your best self? Yeah. 100% but, but you But you do the, the, the yoga practice um, to understand where the best self is and go in that direction and learn more about it. I don't think it works that it. way, though. I don't I, think it works that way because I see people doing the yoga practice and you know what they give a shit about? They give a shit about how to do a better backbend, how to do a handstand, how to lengthen their hamstrings, how to get their legs they, behind their head. And it's like, what the fuck is the point? You're doing fucking gymnastics. This is bullshit. This isn't yoga. You are binging on postures. That's what you're doing. And you think that if you just keep shoving those postures down your throat, that you're going to come to some kind of epiphany. And it's so misguided. Yes, you need a formal weird. education in the philosophy to know where you are steering yourself through all these yeah. efforts and boundary pushing and humbling that the Ashtanga asana sequence puts you through yeah because what's the point otherwise i, I think then then this what's is the what point? this is the definition that i would want to i would then, i would, then the I would asana offer just is, is more asana yeah is the mystic experience is what i'm is what i'm suggesting should should ha you should have a mystic experience and then understand then done read enough lsd to even know what you're talking about yeah. <laughs> But yeah. you're suggesting the mystic experience comes first. Maybe for some people, maybe it does. Maybe the mystic experience comes first and then the, they practice yoga and that kind of recreates a mystic experience. That's a possibility. I, I just think feel like you're putting like, too much. You cannot put like, the emphasis on the state, on getting into some kind of state or mm. having an experience. That's not going, I, so I, I, it's a practice. It's a practice of, choice making and divorcing yourself from your beliefs mm -hmm. so that you can remain fluid in your stance and your perspective. I, I feel I like that. where where Batabi Joyce is coming from is is that you would do uh, Ashtanga yoga for 10, 15, 20 years that you could you could finally sit quietly uh, on the ground with a straight spine. You would start to do breath retentions that would be fairly holotropic. You would start to have experiences in meditation, and then you would then you would then do theory to understand what what happened to you, and and so again it comes back to just have physically being able to be in a, in a situation where you could under you could manifest these experiences. But I I kind of I agree. In tandem, because yeah, how can you devote yourself to this practice if you don't know what the practice is? And I agree mm. too that there's too much emphasis on an experience, like like this this mystical state or this this experience that we're trying to create. It's so external, you're exactly outside, outside of, us of somewhere. <laughs> because I think it's all already within. It's already happening. Yeah. It already if is. If you are right waiting now. for an experience, you have taken yourself out of the driver's seat. Yeah. So then you're like, again, it's like, it's like the carrot at the end of the long chain of asanas that one day I'm going to arrive at this enlightened state. And it's totally missing the point that enlightenment is in the now. Enlightenment and is in uh, your ability to furthermore, be present. Furthermore, I'm, that's a very consequential <laughs> approach. If I do a shit ton of asana and I hold my yeah. breath a whole lot, I'm going to get this reward of enlightenment at the end. 
that's not what bhakti yoga is. Bhakti is, you know, it's this fourth ethical theory. I've taken a lot of courses with <laughs> Dr. Ranganatham, <laughs> where you are refining the process of making good choices hmm. towards your own kaivalya, towards Ishvara Pranidhana. Yeah. No, I, and I, all the asana I in the a, world. Not a shit ton of asana, but a shit ton of acid, I think, is where I'm <laughs> no. going towards. Because I really feel like. It's the if same you have thing, it, though. You, now I feel again, like I'm you're looking, looking at a, outside yourself. There's I know, a substance to give you an experience. Th- and Patanjali all... said that's helpful to, to, to start <laughs> I, with soma. And I, I'm I think it may be able to I, accelerate I, things, but it's definitely not a necessary or a prerequisite. Yeah. I think it's helpful. You can get high on your own supply. I've always wanted to say that. Fucking <laughs> hell. Whatever the fuck. I'm stumbling. Uh, that that was like a Zen cone. <laughs> what that did, though, is super interesting. It's like, that's a kind of Zen cone. <laughs> is, do it. Do Say it again. You can get high on your own supply. <laughs> and my physical response to that was... You're disrupting the drug industry here. It, was, it disrupted my mental process. <laughs> my, my palate dropped in my mouth, and I was left dumbstruck, which was the that's the point of a Zen cone is to leave you there in a thoughtless, uh, objectless state. And I, I it was, that was really cool. Like a little mini stroke. It was a little mini, a little stroke. mini stroke. Thoughtless. Yeah. Decompartmentalized. I often use the, this, this phrase as a way of, of, um, when we're doing Ashtanga yoga workshops together, when we used to do that, <laughs> yeah. I would say this to people to create the same We're doing thing. one together. Coming we are up, in maybe. Cleveland. Um, <laughs> I would say, why people be so tall? What? Like exactly. <laughs> you were just in it. You were just in it, and just like a like a Zen teacher, they smack you in the face with these with these phrases. Like why? Yeah, I mean, you just pull the hard left, and I and it's I a wasn't beautiful, able to okay, beautiful <laughs> silence in the mind. And it's it's a it's in that that experience is what we're looking for. I feel like I'm not going to drive to Cleveland for this workshop. <laughs> He's going to do a wow. whole afternoon of art theory at the Cleveland Art Museum. This is not an opportunity you to sell come. our Cleveland workshop to Are Megan or get... to our audience. Do I this get LSD? A, this... No, there's no I, drugs involved. I could, br- I mean, I could bring it if the if the no, group. We're not bringing. We could it. do um, one of those monkey surveys. I don't. I don't feel safe doing drugs with people. I don't. I don't feel safe bringing them across the border, but we have them here. We don't have LSD here. You can buy microdoses oh. for uh, uh for free uh not for free uh legally online in Canada. You can't. You can't. Although it's not LSD, it's shrooms, right? Uh, it may be psilocybin based. Yeah, I don't know. I don't so know I enough about. Mysore, the I have a Mysore program in Philadelphia. Just oh, you're add close. That. Yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia. Uh, yes, Philadelphia. Should we do a tandem? City should of we do brotherly love? Philadelphia. Could we go from Cleveland to Philadelphia? Because we were going to go to Memphis and go to see Graceland, but we could go to Philadelphia instead. I think you'd have a, a receptive audience in Philadelphia for your yeah. your Cleveland 
Zen well, let's Cone do it. LSD workshop. See, but you wouldn't even drive to come see the Zen Cohen workshop. <laughs> Zen and you're going to say that workshop. your community would welcome us with open arms? <laughs> I mean, when you put it that way, I, <laughs> I am the overlord. I mean, I the overlord. I, I can't do like the plebes. I just want to say I have to maintain that some separation. more Americans should value and appreciate our Canadian brothers and sisters because there's such a rich fabric of dry, rye humor. <laughs> In this country, I and really I think it's. Your, I notice in your language, you sort of included yourself as a Canadian. Yeah, I live an here. Hour, us. I'm a, I'm a permanent resident. I have legal status. I was a refugee. I was legally. I had legal refugee you're status. An, you're an immigrant. You're not. <laughs> no, I was a refugee. The go- Canadian refugee government gave me refugee during status during COVID. <laughs> no, it was legal. I, I had a document. You saw the document. Why are you shitting That's, on it? I'm not. I'm saying during COVID. <laughs> no, but it was so. <laughs> <sighs> then you became a permanent resident. Now I'm a permanent resident. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't need to flee the United States. Well, maybe you, you people, do. I'm also people a shit resident. on Canada all the time, but they shouldn't. It's really, it's no a rich. Shits on Canada. Who are these people? Yes. Every single one of them. No, everyone loves Canada. <laughs> I don't think that's a fact. I think you it made is. that up right now. It is. Your your permanent resident status is going to be revoked. It that's won't right. be. It can't <laughs> yeah. be. It says permanent in the title. So <laughs> last time we saw you, you were in, and when all of this happened, this whole incident, you were in the Bay Area, which we were she was driving us talking around. about. Yeah, as as also kind of a very intensely political or politicized place in the Ashtanga community for some reason. <laughs> and yeah, was it not like that everywhere? It wasn't. No, no. it wasn't. Just there. Just why? It wasn't just there. No. Feelings were high. Feelings I, were people in California were are very sensitive to things for some reason. Yeah. Well, I don't think that this was a bad thing to be sensitive about. No. But that's, somehow that's an example you got of how whisked, high the feelings were. Yeah, you got whisked <laughs> away to Philadelphia, well, how Jersey. How did you get whisked away? <laughs> Noah, all these people getting sent That sounds so whimsical. Sounds like uh, you and your family. You recovered fully, which is amazing. You made a full recovery. I did zero deficits. Like forty-five minutes later. Wow. What? It was crazy. What? <laughs> you recovered 45 minutes later with zero deficits. This is because of what? this drug that they gave you. That they you were blood. in therapy for like a year? No. No. I oh. walked out of there like fully functional. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Because of this drug. That is very TBA. different from years of therapy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Holy shit. Yeah. Amazing. After, after hearing Spiro's story. You were thanking I your so yeah. grateful. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> because and I think yeah. Since her yeah. I've since heard much worse outcomes of strokes. So of course. My, my yeah. grandpa died of a stroke, yeah. Yes, my grandmother did as well. Oh, yeah. fascinating. Yeah. I wonder if she had the same heart condition that you had. Yeah, that's a good question. Oh yeah. I don't think she did. I think it was a anyway. Old age thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you recover, you're back to being a mom, That's a you're back to practicing. Amazing end to that story. 
I had no idea that was coming. That was <laughs> a, a miracle. We saved that for the end. That <laughs> was cool. A medical miracle. Surprise. <laughs> 45 minutes later, you were fine. Like, what? Yeah. It was wow. crazy. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. They just kept coming That's around with the go, pictures. It was a yeah. sheet of paper with um, drawings on it. Yeah. And they'd come around every few minutes. I don't know, maybe every 10 minutes and ask me to name the pictures. Uh-huh. And up with each round i could name more and more of the pictures wow <laughs> i gotta yeah. look this up that's amazing <sighs> so like at first you could only name like one or None. two things she just None. showed me the thing she's like can you name any of these and she pointed to them and i just couldn't say anything right and then you know a few iterations later i was able to say two of the things i remember there was a glove there was a chair right um, wow it was different different it, I- just everyday items items yeah person woman man camera was it that list no there oh, neither a... one of you getting that reference never mind that's fine <laughs> that was the cognitive test that trump took and went on camera oh. and he repeated oh. person woman man and he could barely remember the last one came <laughs> no she had a why real he... cognitive test he why no no trump he took a real himself? cognitive oh. he because you have to take a uh, these exams when you're president they give you these things to make sure you're not crazy make sure that to, you're, not, you're not having a stroke yeah and he said yeah and i passed the test i, I feel like woman, they need to man, redesign camera. that test need to redesign that test yeah if trump passed that test might be faulty <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, so <laughs> yes so, so then you, i left what, I, how long and how long like when did you take to like recover before you were back to practicing? You must have taken some time. You, no, mean, you said you, said you had to minutes. lie. No, she had to lie flat for a couple of days because of yeah. this drug. And-, and then they had to do all this follow up. And- right. And then we had to ascertain that I did, in fact, have a hole in my heart. Right. So we, we had to recreate. I'm afraid to say it. Titi Basana. Titi I had to recreate those conditions. I had to like force. I had to kind of like bear. Yeah. Like I had to create pressure inside and they did some imaging where some bubbles went through my heart and we could could see the bubble. They injected air into my vein and then I would have to like kind of like squeeze and then see if I could force. Anyway. I had to create Balsaba to create images proving that I had a hole in my heart. Wow. So long and boring. Um, where am I? That's Not really fascinating. Yeah, it was fascinating. And then they just yeah. they can't see it. They couldn't see it otherwise. Correct. It was quite small. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we we got sort of a I guess it was an ultrasound of the bubbles traveling from one heart chamber to the other through the hole. And then wow. we're like, yep, there it is. That's why it happened. So, oh my god! Whoa. Yeah, it was the posture. It was the combination. <laughs> the combination. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It's ex- very similar body shape to Myrosana. That's it is actually it is. Gee, yeah, it's many- creating a, a strong internal pressure. Yeah, yeah it is like that in- intra-abdominal pressure creating. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, huh. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, food just... for thought. <laughs> Take a baby aspirin every day, and you'll be all right. <laughs> Take a baby as aspirin. I do now, every day. Yeah, eighty-one milligrams. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the, uh, myrosina is um, peacock pose because that's peacocks can eat anything. 
And so it's, it is. So to be able to digest poison yeah, and also digest... tell the difference between poison and milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, that's so we're it. stimulating digestive fire by shoving yeah. our elbows into our guts. But who knows it's about intense pressure? Titi Boss yeah. is a small bird, so. Yeah, same thing. They'll <laughs> <laughs> digest anything. Just stay Card... away from the bird postures, I guess. <laughs> Just for the listeners at yeah. home, Karnavasana will Side also step. give you a stroke. That's a duck. <laughs> Yes. Also a bird. Also a bird. <laughs> oh, yeah. Karandavasana? Yeah. Karandavasana. Yeah. Mm. It's a whole aviary of That's right. Just all stay away from the birds. Just... Until you listeners Bacasana, at home get, get your away heart checked and 150 I mean, of you have Bacasana this condition. Is also the same. Have we learned right? nothing from Alfred Hitchcock? He knew. He knew they yeah, were up to yeah, no yeah. good. He so right. fully 150 of our listeners have this condition and they're about to <laughs> Edgar do a Allen gut Poe, pose. He knew about the birds. That's right. The birds. We have been forewarned. We have been forewarned. We did about not those heed birds. the warnings. Uh, all right. So and then you moved to Philadelphia. Yeah. How did you end up in Philadelphia your husband, with your own Mysore program, which is so exciting. Your husband was okay with that? Well, he, we moved for him. Yeah. <laughs> yes, which I guess you've gathered because I'm not paying not, the bills with my yeah. tiny Mysore efforts. Yeah. Uh, not so many people move from Silicon Valley to Jersey. Sil- it's not Silicon Valley for the last fucking time. It's like, it's like Titty Basana, Silicon Valley. I think it is Silicon Valley. Oh my God. It's not like the uh, Zen cone. This country drives me crazy. <laughs> yes. How about we say, I left the Bay Area. <laughs> I, I uprooted my family for my fledgling Mysore program that didn't yet exist in Philadelphia. Because that makes sense. No. My husband got a, uh, he got an offer to be part of a startup in New Jersey. Awesome. Uh, which he'd been sort of part of on the side for some years, but nice. um, they had received more they, capital and they ramped uh, up. They yeah. ran up, and so they brought him on, and he's mm. yeah, he's a partner. Wow! And now yes. he has these fancy gaming earphones. That's amazing. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually for this podcast purchased an adorable tiny little lapel mic from sony <gasps> but it was not functional uh, as we discovered the day before well i'm not in my house i'm actually in toronto right now oh, oh amazing oh I, who lives in uh, toronto why would you be there um i have family but yeah. actually the primary reason i'm here is to uh have david and yelena have a look-see Oh, oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. David Robson and Yelena. You can get some yes. finger wagging. You get some finger wagging. Finger wagging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I got a lot of that. <laughs> sure. Actually, because I was putting Titibasana where I shouldn't today. So oh. there you don't, go. Don't put those titties where you shouldn't. <laughs> too, too many titties. Ugh, story yeah. of my life. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I figure once once a year I should catch my ankles on a back bend. Yeah, so. I don't know. I don't think it's necessary, but whatever whatever sure. gets you going, sure. whatever gets I mean, you going. Harmony I have to reach that state. So very far ahead of, of property and transcending matter and a lot of different aspects of our yoga practice. I can tell you. I still like to stretch my hamstrings once in a while. 
Um, but yeah, like on like a, a bookcase well, or bookshelf. Like while you're tying your shoe or something. Yeah. Uh, when do I normally do it? Ye- when I'm walking the dogs, I'll do a little hamstring stretching. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's Why about. Not? The on, the on, on the go. On the go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamstring stretch. Did I? S- the dogs, I got the dogs. We all attention. did hamstring stretching when we were walking the dogs yesterday or the day before. Jediya, you, me, we were all doing the hamstring stretching. And intentional hip flexor psoas stretching. I'm a total we were all loss. lunging. Remember, we were all lunging. Oh, we did a little bit of lunging. Yeah, on a tree. Guys. A little yeah. family lunge session. Family it was. It was a yeah. family lunging session using the tree for support. Oh well, right. yeah. His serratus got knocked out of place or something. We we're trying to help him with like a little sciatic symptom. Yeah, oh. I remember that now. Basically, now we're just therapists for our son's actual physical no, endeavors no. that he does. Well, he's no, a, we're he's just a, Uber drivers and for Uber our drivers. sons. Yes, yes. Yeah. and a physical caterer, endeavors. probably snack <laughs> Catering, maker, snack maker, social coordinator. Yeah, social you know, you know, you I got know, all those jobs. I know the jobs. deal. All those jobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Personal mm-hmm. assistant. <laughs> yes. Uh, Slash. Homework, therapist. therapist. I do tutor. not do your dishes for you, young man. <laughs> At that, no, person. it's a lot though, right? So, so you move, you start a Mysore program, but also like you're balancing being a mom to four girls. Yeah, uh, running your own business. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, and at first, I don't think I really thought about it that way. I was like, I'm moved to this new place where nobody knows me. Uh, it's COVID. All the yoga studios have closed. Right. Mm-hmm. I have nowhere to practice. I don't have anyone to practice with. Um, of course, I was at that time bec- because of lack of place to practice and people to practice with. I started practicing with David and Yelena online. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really where I got to know them. Um, but, you know, as COVID kind of improved, the situation improved. There were less online offerings and I knew I needed to sort of build my own group of practitioners to propel my practice, but also to share what I've learned. So um, through a friend of a friend, I met MJ, who is the owner of Palo Santo Wellness Boutique in South Philadelphia. Is there a website? Beautiful. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed, there's a website. <laughs> and uh, hopefully it will be included in the notes here. It, it might be included in the show okay, notes. Great. great. Yeah. It's a pretty rad studio with like a variety of offerings, but they didn't have Ashtanga. Awesome. Uh, so, it's a match know, made in heaven. It was a match made in heaven. And she's... <laughs> made room for me to have the mornings That's every morning beautiful. except Tuesday. So I'm there five mornings a week. And uh, a first... Uh, Tuesday is a good day to take off anyway. It's a great day to take yeah. off. Yeah. And uh, no new so, postures on Tuesdays. No. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so uh, we started the program and it started real slow. And I wasn't even on IG. And she just kind of went through her uh, network to kind of get me started. Beautiful. And I had about for maybe f- six months, one person, Fred, Fred, if you're listening, 
Bless thank your you. soul. Thank you for showing up every day. He was so great. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. I know. It's so, so challenging at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I think people start Mysore programs or yoga studios and they think that if I build it, they will come. That's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. I thought everybody who does Ashtanga loves Ashtanga. They'll find me. I don't need to find them. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I was thinking. But I had to up my game a little and hustle a little. Uh, Yeah. Marketing is real. Marketing is real. (laughs) Yeah, you got to do it. I mean, especially in this day and age, you... It's a different game. It's a different it's, But like game even out back there. in the day when we were told like, yeah, no marketing, don't do any marketing. And then <laughs> like you you receive the poster in the mail that you're supposed to hang up for the, <laughs> tour. the for the tour stop. It was like, this is just marketing. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Also, <laughs> I mean, it's easy to say no marketing and then say, Well, tell all your students to come to me. Send your students to me. Yeah, that's also students. marketing, that, right? That's marketing. So that's like, I guess, people who are, are uncomfortable with the idea of marketing or pretending they're operating outside of capitalism. No, no. It's a pretension. Yeah, not exactly. Pretending. Uh, I'm, I, that's an interesting I'm distinction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it makes sense, but it sounds good. <laughs> But so yeah. I mean, it's, and that's, a, it's really just a hypocrisy. Let's yeah. let's, let's call brass knack, brass tax. Let's sure. call it brass tax. Call it the let's kettle do, black. Let's let's yes. call a a spade a spade. There we go. That's not a good saying. We're gonna though, cut that it? out. Yeah. <laughs> let's keep the brass tax. That was good. That was good. Like way to stick it to him. <laughs> You're so. I don't know. I'm trying to think of sayings. Nobody knows these sayings mean anymore. (laughs) These are very like old. They all sound really old timey. Like when you had a hearth, you'd have brass tacks and a kettle and And a deck of cards. And a deck of cards. And (laughs) it also sounds like half a dozen of one, six of another. Yeah, half a dozen of one, six of the other. Six of another. So you're slowly baker's dozen. A baker's that's thirteen. Is it? Yeah, it Baker's is. Dozen is thirteen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you get a bonus. That. That's marketing. You do. Baker's That's dozen. marketing. A Baker's it's really dozen. good marketing. One for luck. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because you get an extra. You get an, you get extra. an extra bonus. I twelve get In one. In New free. Orleans, we call that lanyap. A little bit extra. A little bit extra. Lanyap. Lanyap. In New Orleans, Enola. Enola. Do you know yeah. about this place? It's French. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's French. I think we all know about it. Wow. So you were slowly building your Meister program, and then we reconnected because you joined B School and my B School Mastermind group, which was so fun. It was so fun, and it yeah. really helped me a lot because I was not really seeing the numbers of people walking through the door that I wanted to because mm-hmm. I wasn't putting myself out there. I wasn't sure how to market and Mm -hmm. uh, I needed some tips. Mm -hmm. And actually, (laughs) I haven't really put into effect um, nearly Mm. as much as I would like from the program, but I think just enrolling in the program and having conversations with like-minded businesswomen 
changed my feelings about myself in terms of somebody who was offering a valuable service. So, mm-hmm. and I think just changing my attitude about myself. <laughs> yeah. Kind of upped the energy in the room and the pe- the few people who were coming told other people and before I even had a chance to really execute on any marketing I had a full room. Um, That's amazing. Wow. I think it's true though. Like I think when you shift and also you started showing up in a different way. I did. Like more confidence and like putting yourself out there a little bit more in different ways, like subtle ways, right? Your energy shifts subtly and people then like. Feel it. it. Yeah, they feel it and they feed it too, which is amazing. I think my stance before had sort of been like, well, I'm just, I've just got this little, this little program and like, you probably don't want to come and, you know, and then I was like, (laughs) no, this is, this is something that everybody needs that's been transformative for me and I want to offer it to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And I just, that shift uh, resulted in the attraction of more clients. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I've got um, my sidekick, Aria. Yeah. <laughs> who just showed up out of nowhere like a little puppy dog. And That's amazing. Important. I want in. And um, yeah. she started assisting with me and she's awesome. like 100%. And I'm sort of strict and serious and like, let's hold the space. And That's why you're an your- overlord. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Move through your trauma. Right. And she's and she's all like, do the fucking work. Let's go. Um, so oh. she's great. It's important to clone yourself as soon as possible. As soon as you open <laughs> yeah. up a shala, you have to clone yourself. You have to mold everybody to your yeah. at least at least well, one no, person to your you need, But you need one person who's gonna also be a mini you Who right away. Help you hold the, the space. And they're, right. and they're a person who's like you to, know, well, to validate to myself who I've become. <laughs> no, I, because so I'm that you can of, take a vacation. I mean, and get like sick. workload <laughs> oh, issues. Yeah, this okay, is yeah. what we're talking about. Oh, workload. I see. Practical yeah, yeah. <laughs> for really practical reasons. <laughs> I thought you were telling me to rein Aria in. What? No. <laughs> well, how do people project stuff onto me all the time? No. <laughs> I gotcha. All right. I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm on it. Anyway, well, that's why I'm here in Toronto because Aria's like she's she's able to keeping the boat afloat while I'm here. Beautiful and keeping a consistency and a continuity for everybody, which I also think is really important. Yeah, I think you got to show up in a consistent way for people to feel trust and to feel they're part of something. And yeah, one hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's like just showing up and being consistent, I think, is like 80% of the of the work that you're going to do. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And that people know they can rely on you to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Which is hard. I mean, it's, it's exhausting, hard. actually, after years of doing that. But yeah, you're, you're still in the beginning. So enjoy. <laughs> I'm fresh. I'm fresh and it seems possible that I could do this forever. Yeah. Good, good. Let's connect again in about nine more years. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When I reinvented myself. How how old are your children? Um, so let's see. I'll start from the top. Twelve, ten, uh, seven, and five. 
so I, I met Jed when he was five and he's now 12. And I'm just imagining the all of those versions of him all at once. Yeah, right. yeah it's true. <laughs> yeah, wow. they are. They couldn't be more different. Oh, really? They are yeah. distinct people. And yeah, they don't all... even seem to come from the same family. <laughs> so interesting. What you are you trying you are, to tell your husband tell- right now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's listening. Right. You know that. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It all came out on the podcast. Whoopsie. <laughs> Finding harmony was my demise. <laughs> Everything. Um, yeah. All this no. to say, all this to say, I don't know how much nurture has to do with anything because they yeah. are born intact and that's who they are no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, right? The yeah. the little personalities are kind of, the seeds are already there. They're already just There's coming into the world with to their, be molded. Yeah, their yeah. little bag of yeah. karma already. <laughs> mm-hmm. my, my mom. Already full. Yeah. When when I got to to junior high high school, my mom would come home from work and she'd see David and I just like lounging in exactly the same postures that our fathers would lounge. Oof. And it would creep her out. It yeah. was like my two ex-husbands are in the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I've done a lot of studies actually. Um I mean, they're doing more studies on sort of like what gets passed down, even like learning, you know, the learning that we do in our lifetime uh, changes our, our genes and we pass that down to our well, children right. and even like, like grandchildren. In, um, you know, Basel van der Kolk there with his body keeps the oh, score. Yeah. That was yeah. one yeah. of the yeah. findings that the, I mean, this is unfortunate, <laughs> but like the trauma changes your genetic structure. And yeah. It that does. Gets, that gets transmitted. Isn't that insane? Yeah, it's as, amazing. As did the LSD. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. transmit your trip. <laughs> I mean, but I think I think it's true. I think I think the awakenings <laughs> the awakenings you have and the learnings also can be transmitted, you know. To I know, so that's the good news. The yoga can as well, right? Is, like is you the do work a lot of work you, you the work you're doing on yeah. yourself right now yeah. will be passed down the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as you're still of childbearing age and mm. having children. Right. Well, at this point, it's just modeling, but <laughs> it's, not, it's not genetics. <laughs> Too late but for you that. Were, you were practicing before you had children, so they're all in good shape. So they are good. Actually, my, my last child on her own naturally sits in Lotus. Yeah. yeah. Just she, all the time. Yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah. I'm just. She saw her mom do it. <laughs> I'm just yeah. a yogi. I was born this way. Was and she was the latest one to come along, so I'd been steeped in steeped. yoga yeah. for longer. Like yeah, matcha that's right. tea. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, that's beautiful. Hmm. All right. It's wonderful. Oh, well, thanks. I'm really super pleased to reconnect with you again and happy. It's to always fun. What I remember is driving around San Jose with you was stupid fun it was like just the best time in the entire week of doing this bullshit with the ashtanga yoga actually being in the car with you was like man that was a fucking good time i'm so glad you feel that way i had a really good time in that car ride too yeah all kinds of crazy i don't even remember what we said but 
It was yeah. good times. We talked a lot of shit. We did. <laughs> because you're in a vehicle. That's right. Moving. Without of earshot. Out of earshot. That's right. Yeah. We, we were free to say whatever we wanted. Yeah, and we, we did. did. Yeah. <laughs> down. <laughs> I feel like that kind of happened here again on this podcast. Yeah, it certainly yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Edit well, down to three words. <laughs> yeah. Your husband, what hair color does he have? Oh, uh, I mean... That's weird. He's blonde. He's blonde. blonde. So which one of them has black hair? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's the only color I'm missing. It's the only color I'm missing. That's a good sign, then. That's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> and tell everyone if they want to come practice with you or if they're visiting the philadelphia area yeah if they're visiting the philadelphia area they should come down to pashyunk street we're in the beautiful neighborhood of east pashyunk in south philly tons of little cafes and gorgeous little boutiques and you can come to a yoga practice and then go down the road for some coffee and then hit some green spaces and a go see the Liberty and... Bell. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's cracked. That's it has a unfor- crack in it, but unfortunate. you can see it. Yeah. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, it's cracked. Yeah. The, the preciousness that the American psyche has around the Liberty Bell lost in this conversation with these two Canadian women. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, listening to the show today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry if you made it this far. Good for you. It's, it's probably just sacred, like my mom. It's just my it's mom a, at this point. It's a sacred fucking bell, ladies. It's fucking sacred. Jesus Christ. It's underwhelming. Oh, <laughs> wow. Don't say that out loud. Please. I feel uh, like there's a lot of preciousness, mm, a lot of preciousness around items, and uh, well, it's also like a symbol old, of maybe like colonization that we need to unpack. But yeah, that's another unpack colonization. American colonization at the end of the phone call, please. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> we, can't even, we can't even unpack this. <laughs> We'll just drop that little food for thought, yeah. little kernel, little yeah. seed there. We'll let everybody like, marinate on that. Yeah. Yeah. Marinate on that. And yeah. we'll revisit in the next While we're tearing down monuments, <laughs> let's just consider let's just consider ones that are cracked. Oh it's, you know what? It's like a mic drop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just boom. Boom. Yeah. Walk and, away. Uh, curtains. And, curtains. And then we can really talk about whether McGill is the Harvard of Canada or not. Okay. Canadians have no attachment to these things. We don't <laughs> yes. care. You can disparage pretty much anything Canadian, and we will probably agree with most of what you're saying. You think I'm going to start? I only I'm, ever I'm heard st- that from Americans <laughs> at McGill while I was there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's literally all we know about McGill. Is it, oh, is it the Harvard, Harvard of, of Canada? Nobody and says like, that. Here. Is it? Yeah. Like, is that, it is, is that what I'm doing no, here? It is. Yeah. That's what. But we, I'm not an old white man. How did this happen? Yeah. How did I get in the door? I don't oh, know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Next, I'm going to start talking shit about the oil sands of, of Alberta. Oh, oh sacred wow. cows. That's sacred not hard cows. To, you know. Yeah. 
Just don't touch the cows of Alberta. Those really yeah. are sacred. Oh my god! If <laughs> if I hear one more thing about the oil sands of Alberta from your dad, I'm out. Oh, from my I'm dad. Not... Yeah, but but have yeah. you will... have you guys heard of the what the like wild boars? The wild boars? No. I know that there's like 40 to 50 of them in every Texan's backyard, and that's why we have assault rifles. They were were released into the wilds of Alberta, apparently, and are wreaking havoc. Of course they are. Farmers thought, well, the winter will kill them. No. No. They're highly intelligent, and they have these burrows that they lined with cattails to stay warm. Oh, cool, yeah. Highly intelligent. They produce one, uh, excuse me, two pigs produce 40 pigs a year. Wow. 40. That's a lot of bacon. (laughs) Pure veg. I was going to say, Megan's pure veg, by the way. Is that Canadian bacon? Canadian bacon. It's Canadian bacon. Yeah. So now you're going to tear down Canadian bacon. That's another sacred Get on board. Yeah. Get on board. I was going to say, I mean, that's proof that we shouldn't eat those little piggies because they're so smart. (sighs) They're all, they're just so many. Yeah, they're little perushas. Yeah. In the wild. But then you brought up the Canadian back bacon, and it's like, (laughs) it's all all downhill from here. It was another Zen Cohen moment. (laughs) I could shave off some of my back bacon. I saw Russell's palate expand or drop or I could lose some of it. This was over like 10 minutes ago, right? Thanks, Megan. Let's stop it here. Yeah, love you. Don't hate. Don't don't close your computer. We're just going to stop this here. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the breaking waves There's a heart